I'm Julie Mason. This is The Press Pool. And joining me now is Frank Rich. He's writer-at-large for New York Magazine. He's also executive producer of HBO's Veep, which premieres this Sunday, April 14, at 10 p.m. You can follow him on Twitter at FrankRichNY. Frank is with us today on his fascinating new piece, Inky Tears, which you can read online now. Hi, Frank. Hi, how are you, Julie? I'm crying inky tears. <laughs> An old print person. But your story gave me hope about the future of the news biz. Well, I, you know, I think that uh, it's, for anyone who's in print, been on print, it's been, you know, 10 years and more of a kind of weeping and wailing, and not without reason, you know, as everybody knows, downsizing of, of all the old media institutions, loss of uh, advertising, um, and, uh, you know, a, a seemingly a very bleak time and endless seminars about the future of media as we know it. <laughs> but, but I do think um, that the, the fact, the simple fact is, is, is this. Uh, we have people who, who write in print have more readers than ever before, thanks indeed, of course, to the Internet. The business model that supports that has been destroyed, but you have to figure that the combination of avid reader interest, uh, young people who still want to do this, want to do the kinds of things we do, um, and the greater sophistication of much of the news media today compared to the old uh, media is going to see it through. It's not going to happen overnight, and there's going to be a lot of disruption along the way, and the old brands that we've come to revere may go the way of, you know, Dumont Television (laughs) and Life magazine. Um, But that's what always happens when there's a media revolution in America, and people tend to forget that. Yeah, so all is not lost, and I like that. What worries me sometimes is that, you know, you see this old media trying to innovate, trying to update, and they're doing it in such a clunky way. You made reference in your piece to the sort of... um, I think it was newspapers adding to talking head videos to their websites as if making it more like TV will fix it. Right, making it more like bad TV. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, I love C-SPAN, but I don't think that that is the the you know the the modern model which of 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 a talk fest that you want to put on a print <laughs> a, a formerly print publications uh, website. It's going to take a lot of new inventions, and it and it's going to I think involve a lot of people who sort of create uh, their own brands and have something that's innovative, that's fascinating, that people care about. And it's not just, you know, cat videos. It's something like Nate Silver, whose 538 blog on the New York Times was responsible for something like half the traffic to the Times site at the peak of the last year's election season. Well, what was he offering? He was offering uh, reporting. I mean, he was offering, you know, uh, amazing empirical and accurate, we now know, uh, uh, analysis of, of polling and, and numbers in that election. And, you know, maybe a big institution drags someone like uh, Nate Silver down. Maybe, uh, you know, one way of the future, maybe someone like Andrew Sullivan, who's a blogger, a uh, well-informed blogger, who left a big uh, media operation, Daily Beast Newsweek, to go out on his own and try a subscription model and and see what happens. And, you know, readers seem to be following him there. Andrew's always been quite innovative, one of the first bloggers, always a bit provocative. He always seems a little ahead of the curve. And he's an old print guy, too. Absolutely. He was, you know, a former editor of the New Republic and had worked in, 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 in many uh, uh, various print or- organizations, including Newsweek. And so it's 
it's a very interesting time. I think people have to look at it as the beginning of something, uh, not the end of something. And that includes readers, includes readers who are used to seeing, you know, New York Times, New York Magazine, The New Yorker, The Washington Post, The Wall Street Journal in print. Instead of lamenting how it's changing, it's time, too, for them to get with the program, both to adjust to reading it in a different way and mm-hmm. often a better way, and also to realize uh, they're going to have to pay for it. <laughs> yes. You, you get what you pay for. That's right. Uh, news, it can't be free for very much longer. No. Um, looking back 10 years, Frank, and you open your piece uh, thinking about the Jason Blair investigation at the New York Times and Judith Miller and and uh, surmising that it was the digital revolution plus the Great Recession that really dealt a one-two punch to the industry and followed up quickly on the heels by Facebook in 04 and Twitter in 06. It almost seems like a quaint and simpler time, doesn't it? Back when there were raises in print and the internet was just a sort of conceptual thing. Absolutely. You know, although the internet started disrupting print in the mid-1990s, as recently as 10 years ago, and and my frame for the piece, indeed, is the, is the anniversary of the Jason Blair scandal and, and the companion Judy Miller scandal at the at the Times, um, there, it was a, it was the wolf was not quite at the door yet. Only 16% of the country had broadband internet. Without social networking, there wasn't this whole new means of dis- dis- distribution of media that is far more profound than just the web itself. And and indeed, places like the New York Times were hiring and pouring money into uh, the product, not laying people off. It shows how quickly things can happen. But mm-hmm. that's also what happened, you know, when television, uh, when they write about the piece, when television came after World War II, everyone sort of had their head in the sand about it. The, the movie business, for instance, thought TV would just be a great promotional tool for them. They didn't know it was going to devastate <laughs> production, but they learned. Television uh, uh, inspired movie studios to start producing shows for television. How brilliant was that? And <laughs> and maybe those backlots had a had a use that was uh, uh, more interesting than uh, just biblical spectaculars. 